I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is brought to you by Spotify and is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It will also help you distribute your podcast across popular podcast hosting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Best of all, you can make money from your podcast on Anchor with no minimum listenership. So for those of us just starting out, this is very helpful. And do you know how much it costs to have everything you need to make a podcast in one place? 100% free. Yep, you heard me right. You can do all of this and make money for free. So if you have been thinking about starting your own podcast, now is your chance. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm Yan. Hi, I'm Yvonne. Welcome to Lost and Refound Podcast. We're a podcast discussing our personal journeys as modern Asian women and sharing inspiring stories from within our community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of Lost and Refound Podcast. And this is our first episode of 2021. So Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Yvonne. Happy New Year, Yan. Well, for the first episode of this year, we have a very, very special guest. This is a long time coming. She's someone we have wanted to be on the show since the first episode. So we finally have her. Um, I'm really excited for the conversation we're about to have. Some of you may have heard about her in our previous episodes. We always mention her as our most intuitive friend. And that's because although we don't hear from her all the time, whenever we are having a difficult time or stuck in a situation, She's someone who texts us exactly when we need to hear from her, exactly what we want to hear from her. So I still don't know how she does it, but we're going to find out today. So please help <laughs> me welcome Megan Merrick. Hi, you guys. That was such a lovely introduction. I'm like, oh my gosh, who am I? <laughs> I'm actually nervous this time. I don't know why. I'm like, my voice is shaking. <laughs> I'm not nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have some big shoes to fill here. But no, well, speaking of those intuitive texts, it's, it's on my end it's, you guys just come to me, you come into my mind at certain times. And sometimes it's like a really nice energy where like, I'm just thinking of you and I want to say hi. And then other times it's like a little more jarring. And I'm just like, I have to just like text them. And you know, sometimes I don't even get all the details from you guys, but it's just a feeling I get. Yeah. I would love to hear if you always been this way, but before we get into more deeper conversations. Can you introduce yourself to our audience? Because when I first met you, you are this boss woman. I remember when I first met you, I was so intimidated. You're the brand manager. You're launching three brands with the company you're working on. You're working 24 seven and you are just such a fast thinker and just in charge. And now you've given up your career to pursue your own interests. And I know that was a really hard decision. So can you talk um, to our audience and let us know, you know, what inspired you to, to make that shift and how are you doing now? Yeah, absolutely. So I- I'll just make it short in the beginning, complete burnout inspired me to make the shift. And it was interesting because right before we started recording, Yvonne mentioned, um, hopefully that's okay that I'm saying this, but of course, we're just bringing up that there's the end of year review process, uh, you know, that corporate America tends to go through. And even just hearing that triggered so much PTSD in me thinking that was literally what I predicated my entire career on was that external validation and that approval of other people. 
And, you know, you asked me if I'd always been as intuitive as I am, which I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm tapping in, but I'm not like a psychic by any means. You know, yeah, like when I was a little girl, I always could just tune into different energies. I would see lights, I would see shadow. Like I, you know, I had, I, I was so confused as a little girl, like not, sometimes I wouldn't even know the difference between my dreams and reality. Like I, I was just like living in this world. Wow. And as I, yeah, as I grew up um, and I would start to just have like, just intuitive things would happen. Like an aunt that wasn't super close to me died and she came to me in a dream. And I like came to my parents was like, Hey, you know, like aunt Louise died. And they were like, what? And then, you know, they find out that she died like an hour later. So things like that would happen. And then, you know, I think that this is everyone's story in some way or another, you go from being this really vibrant kid with all of this life and energy and not really concerned what people are thinking about you. And then suddenly you realize, oh, wow, like in order to make it in this patriarchal, patriarchal society, I have to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way, or I'm going to be rejected. And so I think I spent a lot of my life trying to balance out this like sort of like inner weirdo that I was. It's like really energetic, loving, like uplifting, like kind of like always thinking outside of the box, never into authority, you know, never following the rules. I had to really balance that out. And then, you know, fast forward to corporate or yeah, I call it corporate because I've had a, a handful of jobs. Um, you know, I went to college and I majored in marketing, merchandising and retail. And, you know, I really like style. I really like aesthetics. And it's because I like the way that aesthetics make people feel like that was the root of it for me. It wasn't materialistic. It was like, I like how people feel better when they look better. And I want to be a part of anything that's going to make someone look better. And that felt like the most realistic thing I could do with all of my like creativity that was like an actual major. So went to school. Um, I went from being, you know, a total like failure in high school. Cause I just didn't care. I was like in my own world all the time Me to too. getting right. That to getting such a failure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like in college, I'm like, Oh my God, I have to pay for this shit. Like my parents weren't paying for college for me. Like, and so that for, I, instantly like something switched in me and I went into full like patriarchy masculine mode and just left everything about who I really was behind for the most part mm -hmm. so anyways I'm, I'm dragging this out but you know I went through 10 years of being in multiple you know major corporations to smaller companies and eventually that led to Ipsy and um you know I like I've had the most incredible opportunities I truly do believe that each of those scenes and moments and um, memories were there to either teach me a lesson or to help me flourish and grow, but it wasn't easy. And I remember a lot of times when my life looked really, really perfect from the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, I had this amazing husband, the dog, the house, I'm living in LA, I'm traveling to New York and San Francisco. And it's like, oh my God, it's all so glamorous. And I felt so empty inside and so unfulfilled. I remember just like sitting in the grass and like crying one day as I like frantically searched like spiritual retreats. And I wasn't even like that spiritual at that time, <laughs> but it was just this calling. It was like this, it was trying to emerge from me and I kept suppressing it. And unfortunately it took until I had like a major burnout in the midst of launching, you know, the, the brands that the three of us launched together. I, I broke. I broke. It was middle of Manhattan. Um, I remember I slipped and fell that day and I hit my head and it was like, holy shit. Like I remember that day. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think I, cause I got back yeah. up with like a minor concussion and made it to the meeting. Somehow. Yeah. You came back in the meeting. We're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so yeah, that was the really long version, like background of me, if that was even helpful. And, um, and now I'm just, I did a complete 180 in my life. And now I, you know, I, I got to that, you know, I think we all have different thresholds in terms of like how much we can handle. And that's something I'm starting to really give myself grace about like you again like it blows my mind you are working full-time you have two beautiful children you have an amazing marriage I know you keep that house in like tip top oh shape. girl she really does <laughs> actually, actually I don't anymore I really don't and same thing I think we are all experiencing this burnout I think your journey a lot of people have gone through or a lot of people are in the, in this exactly in this where you are right now when you are when you're broke a lot of people are breaking 2020 I think broke a lot of people and my biggest lesson from 2020 is like you said give myself grace right I'm not going to stress if if I don't want to do something right now I was that person always like don't think about how I feel I need I have this checklist get it done even I feel like I'm about to fall over and just like die no I still have to get this done Otherwise I can't sleep. I have a lot of anxiety. Um, and I feel like a failure if I don't get it done. But now I'm very much like, if I feel like lying down, I'm going to go lie down. If I Absolutely. feel like my day needs to end at 3 p.m. instead of 5 p.m. at work, I'm ending at 3 p.m. And I'll make it up later, you know, however I can, but I need to listen to my body and listen to my intuition. That was my biggest learning. I love that so much. And that that is you genuinely stepping into your feminine. Like that is you moving away from that patriarchy nine to five groundhog's day cycle where that's, that's not how a woman's body works. That's not cyclically. That's not how we are meant to operate. Mm -hmm. We have these like really specific, yeah, I'm just, apologize if you guys have talked about this. Um, we have not, we have not. So please. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think that's been the, the best thing for me is like, I went on this um, solo retreat to Costa Rica at the, the first week of the new year in 2020 before we knew everything was going to be shut down. And I went into, uh, it's called Temescal and it's, it's basically, it's a sweat lodge and a shaman comes in and basically we all get in, like we lay on the earth, the bare dirt ground, pretty much naked, like in bathing suits and stuff. It's dark, we're in the middle of the jungle and the shaman basically creates this like massive heat wave inside of a tent that we're all closed into and so a lot of people have to leave a lot of people have to excuse themselves because it's you know people have died in these things before but it's a very spiritual experience it's a rebirth mm -hmm. the reason i'm telling you about this is because the shaman asked beforehand he goes is is anybody here on their moon and i was like what is a moon and they were like your period and I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe you'd ask, like, if anyone's on their period, like we, we're from America, like, you don't talk about people's periods, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> but I, you know, at the time too, I'm also like, I'm in Costa Rica. I'm like, I am, I'm here. And he was like, oh, okay. And that was basically as part of the ceremony and in, in many traditions, they don't even allow a woman in the Temescal sweat lodge ceremony who's bleeding because we have so much power at that time. Our blood oh. is so sacred. Our bodies are so sacred. Women used to gather in red tents back in the day and congregate when they were bleeding together. And the men of the village would, you know, they're strong and masculine trying to support and protect these wise women. And that was matriarchy. That was the divine feminine. And so he was the first person ever, you know, in my 32 years of life who had said 
that. So I was really fascinated and I went home and I started to do a ton of research on it. And I was like, oh my God, like uh, all this time I've been just pushing my period away and being like, ooh, my cramps, like I don't want to, it's gross, it's blood, everything. I really stepped into like owning these four main cycles that, you know, if you bleed, you, you experience every month and you have different levels of energy in each of these cycles. So the first, should I get into the phases or am I like, yes, please. Yes, no, please. please. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like the very high level layman's version of this. I'm not a professional. I'm a novice as I am with most things. Um, but there's four phases and the first phase is what some people call your, your virgin phase, right? So actually, wait, I'm sorry. The beginning of your cycle is your menstruation. So menstruation marks day one of your cycle. Most people think of your cycle as just being your period. No, you have a full 28, 29 to 30 day cycle every single month. So you go through that menstruation period and that's kind of, some people will refer to it as like the hag phase. It's kind of like when you're, you know, your body is releasing everything that it has been building up. It's a time where you're tired. You want to go inward, but you're super, super wise. Like if you can tap into this moment, you can access so much wisdom. So rather than sitting there and being like, oh, my cramps are like F off to your to significant other or anyone who's talking to you. Like there's a reason why your body's like repelling everybody because it's like, go in, go inside. I have so much to share with you. So that's like a great time for creativity and projects and really resting and, and, and holding like sacred ceremony for yourself, like take care of yourself, bathe, you know, and don't be afraid of your blood either. Like, I'm not going to get too weird here, but like, we can talk about that. It's, it's all really, really sacred. And so after you go through that, um, your menstruation phase, then you move into what some people would call the virgin phase. So this is like all the, you know, you shed it all, the blood is out, everything's gone. Now you're moving into that first week of, I guess, freedom, if you will, like you are, imagine just like a young, a young girl, you know, you are, your skin is, is brighter. Your voice is a little like slightly an octave higher or so you are very social. This is a really good time to be flirtatious and just talk to all your friends, schedule all your calls. And then you move into from your virgin phase, you move into your mother phase, which is your ovulation phase. And that's your time when you want to just get shit done. Like all your bills should be paid at that time, get all of your chores done, like all the things that you typically just like, you know, the, the things that you have to adult and do, at least for me, like I will save all of that stuff for that week. Like if Neith wants to talk about finances, oh, this is the best part. Train your husbands, ladies. Like if Neith <laughs> knows my phases, he'll literally come to me and be like, hey, babe, can we talk about finances? What phase are you in? And I'm like, not that one, you know? <laughs> And, um, and then the third or the, yeah, the third phase is the enchantress phase. And so this is your PMS phase, right? So this is again, like you, you still have some of your energy, but you are, you're sharp and you're like a little darker. You're definitely more introverted. Um, but you still have energy and you still like, this is like a really good time to just like paint and express yourself and write. And, um, it, it's very similar to, the, the hag phase, the menstruation phase as well. It's just kind of like the precursor to that. So with all of that said, um, back to, you know, my Costa Rica trip in the beginning of the year opened my eyes up to all of that. And now I have been honoring my body in an unprecedented way. And I have been flowing and planning my entire life around these phases. And my hope for the future is that, you know, especially as we move into this age of Aquarius, that 
corporations will start acknowledging this. This is a really important thing that we're missing about women and the way women work. And with more women working than ever before, and we're all having to work in these, you know, patriarchal cycles, it's no wonder that we're all so burnt out. We're so anxious. We're so depressed. And we don't have a minute to come up for air to even like question it. Right. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> this Incredible. makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. I'm on my period right now. And this entire week I've been telling Sable, don't talk to me. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm annoyed. Like I already had to sit through meetings all day. I don't want to talk to you afterwards. So yeah. it makes so much sense. And I really should be sitting with myself, you know, instead I just kind of just been like trying to distract myself. Mm, but yeah, what I should be doing is, is sitting with myself. So that's a really good tip. I'm going to do that after, after this recording. It, it's amazing how much your whole life will change when you listen to your body. Like if your body's telling you that you're tired or if your body is having any reaction outside of like neutrality and contentment, it's speaking to you. And when you, when you deny it, it's like a betrayal to yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and, it's, it, and it will catch up to you eventually. Yeah. And just to add to that, I, I, in addition to the menstrual cycles and just the feminine energy, I know that circadian rhythms have also been heavily researched in this area, specifically with women and how our circadian rhythms are completely different from men. Actually, I shouldn't say completely different, but just they're different enough that we should be sleeping differently. We should be working differently. And that in itself has been affected by technology different wavelengths and sleep habits. And I mean, again, I'm a novice like you when it comes to this type of this type of topic. But I just find that so interesting that it's completely connected. We've been living this way for such a long period of time. And yet we still don't understand. We still don't understand how to sleep properly. We still or those are the struggles that we have. And so much of it, it really translates to how how we believe we are healthy how we believe that we are mentally sane <laughs> because so many times i think i question and i wake up and i think wait am i crazy for doing this is this is this truly my life <laughs> because so much of it if I, was, if I was to tell somebody else or sometimes when i talk to you about the things i'm going through or the things i, I need to do i'm thinking wait a second, who's, who's controlling me? I, I have so much power. Mm -hmm. And to feel that it's sometimes I don't is just very bizarre in a very strange, in a very strange way where I, I feel like I do want control and I need control. I'm a science driven person. I'm a research driven person. So when there are these energies that I feel I'm anxious, why, why am I anxious? Who's putting this on me? Yes. So I love that. I love that. You know, one of my, my yoga teacher talks to me a lot about this whole concept of, um, what does she call it? TFD, TFD. So it's think, feel, do. And it's an mm. exercise where she challenges you. And I challenge you guys and all of your listeners to do this for the next week. So every time in, in, in just prefacing, do not judge yourself. This isn't about like judging yourself or bashing yourself, but really be cognizant. Because back to what Yvonne said, so important is like that awareness this is an awareness practice is every time you think a thought, notice what feeling arises as a result of that thought. So you think something, right? And then we, we typically feel something. And then what action are you taking as a result of that feeling? So for example, I am, I smoke weed. I have for a long time. It's super helpful to me. And I, you know, 
sometimes I'll quit, but I mostly just do it. But I lately I've been trying to investigate like why, like why, you know, so I'll have an anxious thought or if like I have to do a really hard power yoga or something, I think about that thought. I have to do power yoga. And then I feel like, oh God, if I'm not high, then I'm going to have to feel all of this, the, the pain and the sweat and all of it. So then I act and I smoke the weed so that I could get through the class, you know? So that's just like one example. Another one, it could be something as like, oh, I think that I need vitamin D. So, and because I feel tired. So my action is I'm going to go take a walk. So I don't know, hopefully that makes sense, but just doing this for one week will make you so aware of yourself and your actions. And, and just, yeah, it, it just back to like the whole being aware of the present moment, being a part of the living present moment and being aware of the fact that you are not you. You are just the presence witnessing this person living this life and doing all this stuff. And sometimes if you can really, it's very hard for people to like separate themselves from mm -hmm. themselves, mm -hmm. meditate enough. Like it happens. And you, once you realize it, like once you realize like, wow, I can actually like step back from myself and just witness myself responding in this moment you, you start to just behave differently. You respond instead of react. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And you start really, you taste that moment. It tastes really sweet and you start appreciating every second. And it's just like this. You're, it's almost like a movie. You're watching yourself and you're literally narrating to yourself in your head. I'm doing this because I'm doing this because, and it becomes very, it becomes very easy and logical for you to like pull aside and stop and think and think what emotion and what what's my intention and how do I really intend to feel like after this because I think for so long um, and Joe Dispenza and many of the books that you provided me Megan have really taught me to to think about these emotions a little bit more and understand where they're coming from and how it's so easy and satisfying to be angry and because yeah. those emotions are addicting right Joe Dispenza tells us all the time um, specifically regarding this is that very intense emotions, be it love, be it happiness, that those are addicting. Those are hormones in our bodies causing us to feel these certain ways, which is totally fine, but your body doesn't know what's happening anywhere else. And it doesn't know how you act. It doesn't have that happiness feeling. Only you know that from your soul perspective. And so right. being very aware of that and conscious of your body and knowing and that maybe that's also the reason why we have obsessions, right? It's very easy to obsess about things that are those instant gratification um, or telling ourselves the story that's easier to swallow than, than the truth. And, and I think that that's truly where I've been experiencing 2020, really looking at that truth, not the story I've been trying to tell myself, the character I thought I was playing, that's, it's completely different now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I think what I love about what you said is, you know, there's a difference between having like the awareness and then when you are being aware that, you know, you, like you said, you're aware that anger is coming up and some of these like more, you know, negative feelings. Well, a big learning that I've come, uh, you know, what learned, <laughs> something that I've learned over this journey is that you need all of that, like two things, right? So you need one, you need to feel to heal. Mm -hmm. You can't just brush that stuff under the rug. When it comes up, it's really important that you deal with that anger that with, with whatever it is that's coming up for me, whether it's good or bad, you cannot ignore that. Like 
your issues are in your tissues. You know, like I, I <laughs> genuinely believe that like when you don't allow yourself to feel and process and digest things, it will physically manifest in your body as some ailment or some disease. And that might be controversial. I'm not a doctor, but it makes a lot of sense to me. And I have also personally experienced that. So I think that, you know, I actually just posted something about this. Um, sometimes, you know, I think we all get so caught up in trying to like think through our problems. We're such a mental culture, mm -hmm. you know, we try to just like think and solve everything in our heads. And one reason I love yoga so much is because like, especially Kundalini yoga is they teach you that there are a lot of things that you can't just think your way out of. You have mm -hmm. to feel it. And in order to feel it, you need to shake your body and sing and, and express yourself. That's why mantras are huge and chanting and Kirtan music and, you know, things that maybe if you're not like into all of that might be like really woo woo and weird for you. But even if you're not into anything spiritual related, even just putting your favorite song on the radio and just dancing like a wild woman, like who cares what your household thinks? It literally doesn't matter. Like I am the worst dancer in the world. And my husband has to see my long linky body, like flailing all over the house at all times. And he knows like, this is what it is. And at the end of it, you feel so much better. And it's like such a good way to move through grief too. Like we're not taught how to grieve in, in this country. We're, we're only taught about grief when it comes to death. You know, like we, we need to realize that every little change in our life, even just a fluctuation in our day, you're, you're grieving a lot throughout there. And, and, and because we're not aware of it, we're just pushing it all down. And we're like, oh, I just got to stay strong. I'm just going to move on to the next moment. And you don't realize that you're, you are carrying that with you. So just take a minute and be like, you know what? That just happened and it triggered me. And if it triggered me now and gave me a charge right now and I don't deal with it right now, that's just one more thing I'm packing in that's taking up space in my body and in my like sacred temple that is keeping one other good thing out, right? Like if you, if your whole body is just filled with the garbage that you don't process, how can it to the next level? The other day, Sable and I were talking, um, you know, he does not care what other people think about him. He loves to dance. He will bust a move in the middle of Safeway for no reason, yeah, but yeah. he can't like a home. If we just put music on, we just can't, we just can't start dancing. I, I can't do that no matter where I am. So even by myself, I can't do it. But for some reason, he can't do it either when he's by himself just to go crazy, right? So there's still something there that he needs to let go. Don't even take dancing as literally like in, in Kundalini, it's like a lot about just moving your spine, like to just, what you're trying to do essentially is like activate that Shakti energy that's like sitting at the base of your spine. So that doesn't have to be some like choreographed like situation. It's literally just like pretend like you're doing a hula hoop you know, yeah. or in, in the shower, when I'm showering, I will like, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't died yet because I slipped and fell. Like I just, I'll just go crazy. Like I'm like, my music is going, my shamanic drum meditation. And I'm just like doing goddess pose back and forth, like whenever, you know, let it out. So talk to us about Kundalini yoga. I almost signed up for class today because I was really interested, but I know you love, you love it. So talk to us why it's so powerful. <sighs> So I, again, I feel like I, I, I'm almost, I feel like I'm not worthy to talk about Kundalini yoga because it is, it is, I don't know as much as I want to know about it. So right now I'm getting my 200 hour yoga teaching certification. And in order to 
get to the Kundalini level, you need to move into your 300 hour. So it is something I'm going to do because I'm so passionate about it. But with that said, you know, I'm not like an expert. I just know what it's done for me personally. So it's, um, it's, uh, based in Hinduism, it's a it's a Ved- in the Vedic culture, and it basically tries to move energy that lies dormant at the base of your spine, like I was saying. So they they have a belief that there is um, this this intense divine feminine energy that we all have, mm-hmm. uh, whether you want to realize it or not. You know, we all have access to this. But this it's it's like a serpent. It's pictured as a serpent, and it's just sitting there at the bottom of your spine. And if you really want to get into it, like. I encourage anyone to Google Kundalini awakenings because basically once that there's a lot of people who've had like super intense Kundalini awakenings. I read about that. Right. Yeah. And it can be really scary for some people. Like, so it, it gets a bad rap in some ways. If you don't know a lot about it, you can be like, Ooh, like, I don't know what kind of, you know, and, and a lot of, um, like gurus and, and spiritual leaders right now will say, you know, you have to be really careful when you're doing Kundalini because it is the most potent type of yoga and you have a very high chance of awakening that Shakti energy. And some people will just like have like, you know, no one's getting hurt, but like you really like you feel it come up out of you. And if you haven't done the work to like pre-process and feeling to heal, like a lot of the things that we've said, if that just all comes out of you at once, again, this is all my interpretation, like that could be way, way, way too much for you. So you really need to kind of like work up into it. Um, but it includes like a ton of breath work. So a lot of pranayama, which is breath work, um, a lot of like moving of the spine and activating that energy. And, and then also some, some familiar yoga poses as well, but highly recommend. How long have you been practicing Kudalini yoga? Just a year. So when I had my like whole breakdown, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you were still there. Like had to take two weeks off at Ipsy because I like literally, I, I, I collapsed. I just completely collapsed. It was like the worst, but it was my rock bottom. You know, they say like, try to hit rock bottom as many times as you can in life because like that's when shit happens. Mm-hmm. And it was. And so I, I need this, like the lowest point of probably my life. Um, you know, through so much divine synchronicity found the well in New York city. And the well is basically this just mind, body, soul wellness place. It it changed my life forever. And they have all of these different offerings, all of these classes from some of the best highly trained teachers in the world. And one of the classes was Kundalini yoga. So really, I, I dove really deep there, like with angel channeling and Kundalini yoga and, um, meditation. They had like a beautiful meditation room. And that was when I, finally got back into who I had always been, but who I had lost for so long. And I think that's also why Kundalini is really close to my heart because it, it saved me and it brought me back home. I should have signed up for class. Maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely sign up if you can. I can also send you some really good like starting ones, but you know, it's undeniable when you're, when you're done with it, you feel so much better. And actually like Oh, wait, I guess no one can see us. I was going to say I could teach you a quick like breathing technique, but we'll save that for another time. (laughs) (laughs) For the next YouTube or the reel. And, you know, you've been posting a lot of really cool videos and great tips on your own Instagram feed, your brands and on your personal on your personal channels. So I we always appreciate that. I think you're affecting and influencing a lot of people in a very positive way because more people should be talking about this. I was telling, I was telling Yan and a couple of the girls that sometimes it seems like there's more 
YouTube videos and techniques out there about very artificial surface things, how to choose the right foundation, how to cover this up, how to do this, how to braid, rather than the, the very hard hitting uh, sustainability issues that we have, for example, how to recycle properly. So we, we spoke to an expert about that a couple, a couple weeks ago. Um, and then for you, like how to understand and tap into your divine energy, how to, under, how to meditate, how to pray, <laughs> how to think about these really tough topics and find safe spaces, even that in itself, right? Um, because for so long, my, my own mind wasn't safe. I was not safe or kind to myself and I would I would be seeking other people to be that safe space for me which luckily I, I have and I'm so grateful for you and Malinka for being those safe spaces for me and it was just really this year I started understanding that I can be my own safe space <laughs> and that's where so much more of this work has really come to fruition and so I really encourage all of our listeners that that is that is part of the journey was part of the journey of finding these spaces and coming home, getting a little lost, getting a little lost with yourself and then find your way back. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautifully said. And I think too, I think I started to say this earlier and probably didn't finish, but part of finding that safe space within yourself is just recognizing that you need every single ingredient that you have, you know, in order to be a whole person. So don't try to like get rid of, or don't, I mean, you don't want to be fully depressed if you can help it, but like, don't try to fully get rid of your depression. Don't try to fully exile your anxiety or your sadness or anything like that, because it's kind of like, or especially your fear, right? Like fear was such a huge theme of 2020. And the sooner that you can realize that you need to make friends with all of those, like I, I started to look, picture my emotions as if they were like people, like as they, if they were like actual people, like fear. Oh, I hate, I hate that girl. Like she sucks, you know, like depression, like what a snooze, you know, like whatever, you know, just, and, but thinking about them because I'm so much more compassionate to people than I am to myself. And mm-hmm. when I started to look at my emotions in that way, where I was like always trying to run from the fear, always trying to run from the depression, the anxiety, one day I just sat with it, like truly sat with it and acknowledged it and like stared fear in the face and was just like, you're here for a reason. Like, you're not here to like persecute me. You're here to protect me. You know, like you care, like I get it. Like your main function in my brain is to just worry about me and to raise up those worries every time I do anything. And my job is to just like pet your little head. I picture it to have like a furry head, my fear pet its little head and just be like, it's okay. Like, thank you so much for looking out for me. Like, you know, I appreciate that, but I'm not going to buy into you today. Like keep that in the back of my mind. So anyways, I think just the more you can kind of go through each of your emotions that you may have been repressing and, and sitting with them and acknowledging them every time they come up, not as this enemy, but as this helper who's, who's a part of you to help to, to play a, a, an integral role in your, in your life, I think that's when you can truly come home and feel that safety that you said. That is really true. Um, I did that exercise when, when I was on the mushroom journey and it was mm-hmm. right when I was at Facebook still. And I was, I think as you know, I was like really depressed at the time. I had a lot of mental and health issues going on. And when I was on mushrooms, I stared all of my fears in the face to see yeah. just what will happen, right? And nothing happened. What I realized through that exercise was that 
it's a balance. It's a balancing act. All the emotions is a balancing act. Just like you said, we need it all. And fear you know, in itself is actually healthy. It's there to warn you something's about to happen. So you can be aware of a situation and you can um, fully take a look at the situation and, and decide if there's something I should truly be fearful about or, or should I just, just like you said, pat the fear on the head and say, it's okay, I got this, move on, right? So it, it's really, and, and we can't, how can you taste the sweet without the bitter? No, we need, we need it all. We just, we can, you can't just say, I never want to be depressed again. That's not human nature. That's just part of us. And it's understanding the mind-body connection like you guys have been talking about. Understanding when you have this thought, how does it feel in your body? And then you can, you can decide, should I continue to have this thought? And a lot of times nowadays, if I want to do something, I'll have a thought in my head and I complain to Sable, he'll tell me, he'll ask me, who's telling you that story? Is it you or is it your past? Is it really your work? Who's telling that story? And nine out of 10 is myself. I'm telling myself that story. No one else is telling me that story. What a powerful realization that is. And that's, that's another thing I, that was revelatory for me is a lot of times I think I would listen and maybe, I don't know if anyone can relate to this. I would find myself often giving into my fear and, and listening to it because I thought that it was my intuition. I thought that my intuition was like, Ooh, don't do that. Like, that's not going to be good. I'm like, Oh shit. I have this intuition about it. I'm not going to do it. And then one of my best teachers, again, something I just recently posted about what one of my best teachers taught me the difference between fear and intuition. And it was the most life-changing thing that just clicked for me is that your fear is always going to be this like deep inner dialogue. There's, there's just a lot of, um, back and forth with fear, you know, and it's going to feed you a lot of things and it, and it will feel scary. It will feel like the feeling of fear. Whereas your intuition is this super neutral, 72 degrees at all times, no inner dialogue, like picture your intuition to just be this like wise sage, like just this Buddha who is a, a woman of very few words, right? Like just says, you know, like the best example is if you're driving down the road and your fear will tell you, oh my God, don't go down that road. It's super icy. If we go down that road, we're all going to die. Like, you know, and, the, and back in the day, I'd be like, oh, wow. My intuition is telling me don't go there. I'm not going to go there. Your intuition in that situation is just going to say, turn left. Like, it's not going to give you a reason. It's not going to give you an explanation as to like why you should do or shouldn't do anything. And that has been so helpful for me. It just and healing in the past like six months is like acknowledging and accepting my fear and, and loving it and, and knowing that it's a, it's an integral part of me while also knowing that that inner voice, that inner wisdom, I can much easier, easy, more easily tap into that because now I can understand its language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good explanation. Um, personally, personally as well, I, for me, intuition like you said, it's not really a dialogue. It's a lot of times it's, it's a feeling. I'll get goosebumps for no reason all of a sudden. Um, I'll get an image in my head all of a sudden. I'll hear someone's name. I'll be like, Megan or Yvonne. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I need to contact Megan or Yvonne. But then everything else is internal. Like I have a lot of internal dialogues and all of them I can tell from the way I feel and the words that are going through my head is fear driven because a lot of times me talking myself out of doing something. And mm-hmm. that, like you said, I used to think that was intuition. 
my body and everything is telling me not to do something, but it's, it really is not. And because I listened to that as my intuition, I didn't do anything most of my life. I was too afraid to speak up, to go try new things, to talk to new people. So I was very much stuck in my own world of fear, this little bubble I put myself in. And what do you think that was about? Like, do you think that that was about being afraid of what people would think? Like, what was that rooted in? I think it's a combination of how I was raised, right? I was raised, I spent first 11 years of my life in China. And back in the days, being a girl, you are told you're not supposed to speak up anyway, unless you're spoken to. I was already quiet. I was already shy and introvert. So, and then on on top of that, being told don't speak unless you're spoken to, that's always being stuck in my head. And at school, you know, if you have a question, you raise your hand, your teacher will say you're stupid for asking questions. You're not supposed to ask questions. Unlike in America, you're supposed to ask questions. But in China, in the Chinese culture, I don't know about now, but back in the days in school, they don't want you to ask questions, which makes sense, right? They're a communist country. They're trying to control billion people. They don't want their people to be free thinkers. And that's why, so I think that's part of my programming in itself. And then on top of that, it's just, I had the natural fear of being shy and I was always very cautious. So that just compounded into who I ultimately became and why I felt so cut off from everything. Because I yeah. put myself there. I put myself in that isolating situation. Well, I would I talk well, about giving yourself grace. I would yeah, give not myself myself, but my situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and I mean essentially what you're saying is that you were taught to never learn how to form your own opinion. Yeah. I was. So what are you expected to do when you're thrusted into adulthood and suddenly you have to make all these decisions for yourself? And you're not only are you used to not being able to form your own opinion, but when you did, you were dismantled and you were belittled Mm -hmm. and and so like what you know I can't even imagine and what's so amazing for me to hear that from you is like I know the woman that you are now and you never cease to amaze me like I mean you've shared some of the you know some of the the traumas you know that you've experienced And, and it just blows my mind that you have come to the place that you're at and that you're such an amazing mom and and wife and worker and like you have 40 billion amazing things happening at any given time and you're so positive and you always want to just pour that into other people you're so generous and giving and and I yeah I mean I just you're an inspiration I think that like I I hope you talk more about that um just in general thank you podcast thank you it's it's an evolution it's a definitely evolution I think some of my biggest growth was in 2020 and yeah. I mean, before that, I was always growing. Um, I'm very lucky to have met Sable, who is always very encouraging. And he is the one that really brought out the positive side because I was very negative. He always used to joke that he's the uh, optimist and I'm the pessimist. Um, and so he's definitely had a huge influence on that side. And then on top of that, I met you guys. And Yvonne and I always talk about this, how it's so interesting that we all met pretty much at the same time and we just like opened up to each other for no reason and that doesn't happen with me that doesn't happen I think with Yvonne or with Ami I don't know about you I don't think it happens with you either it just felt like it was meant to be like we were meant to to meet and go through this experience of growth totally it was a divine synchronicity and you know what's so interesting is like when you said I I don't know if if you would have shared all that stuff before that was right at the point in my journey I remember before like when I first moved to Manhattan, the very beginning of 2019, before we were launching the brands, I had just gotten the new, the new brand job. And I was like, oh my God, like, why did she hire me? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. 
Um, and I had so much anxiety and, and like, I'd always dealt with depression and anxiety my whole life and never really knew what it was. Um, but it had, it had really culminated at the point when I moved to Manhattan, not only just being in a brand new city in the middle of winter, um, but just diving into this job for the toughest boss I've ever had. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and I remember my parents came to town and I, and, and the, the thing that ailed me the most is just, I felt like I was going to explode. Like I knew at that point that I was I, having so much anxiety and I was like killing myself because I was trying to look like I had it all together all the time to everybody. I wanted to like portray that I was like fine and like nothing, you know, like nothing shakes me. And I remember I was at dinner with my parents in the, in the middle of the city and I just started like sobbing. I have never even shared any of this with my parents. I'm close with my parents, like just started sobbing. And I was like, I have anxiety. I have depression. It is affecting every aspect of my life. I don't know how to operate anymore. And I'm so fucking sick of everybody just keeping this a secret. I know I'm not the only one. Like I know that there are so many people, especially millennial women. I have like a, a lot of theories, like especially millennial women who are, you know, like above middle-class women doing really well. I think that we are in many ways, like the most kind of caught up in our stuff because we outwardly, again, we look like we have it all together. And so when we feel that shitty, we are like, we feel guilty about that. Like, we're like, oh, well, I shouldn't feel any of these ways because like, look at all of the blessings in my life. Like I should mm -hmm. feel perfectly fine. There are people who are suffering, you know? And I just, and, and you know, inadvertently, like what happens is that we don't, we're the people who could save the world. We're the people who can get out there and make the difference, but we don't most of the time because we're so stuck in our own crap because we're too afraid to talk about it to process it. So I remember having that whole breakdown at that dinner. And I was like, I am living my truth. I've always been like, a, a like I live my truth, but I definitely had like a veneer on for a while, especially in work settings. But that year and that moment, I was just like, and I think, yeah, and that was even before you joined the team. It was like two weeks before you joined the team. And, and I was just working with like the two first people. And I, <laughs> so intense. And I was like, oh my God, this is literally my nightmare. Like, just because they're a mate, like they're, you know, mm, yeah. they're just very hardworking and like very, very smart and way more mm -hmm. experienced than me. Um, but anyways, I, and I just started that year, 2019 out, like, I'm not going to hide this anymore. I'm going to talk about it and be really transparent. And back to the divine synchronicity, of course, like all of us find each other, me, you, Yvonne, Ami. And mm -hmm. it's just, there's just no coincidence. Like we were meant to go through all of that together. I think we all needed to learn a certain lesson. Like there's a reason why we all had that archetype in our lives. And I bet you that that's not the first time any of us have had that sort of narcissistic archetype show up in our lives. Right. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. there's a reason why we were brought together to, you know, trauma bond in many ways but like to go through that and then to have each other as this support system and that you know turned into this sisterhood that you know we don't get to talk often but like you guys are like lifers to me you know what I mean mm -hmm. like you're people I always want to have in my life and like for that the whole thing was so worth it but no but I mean the, my point is that yeah like I think that there was a shift in everybody and something in everyone in my life in 2019, it was like suddenly, and maybe it has to astrologically, like we are moving towards the age of Aquarius. Like, I really do believe people are just like, something's not right. You know, like something is not right. And I can't hold this in anymore. And then as one of us would start to spill and open up, we all just kind of 
cracked and it felt so good. It felt so good to like talk to friends who had been my best friends for my whole life who are like, oh my God, I'm dealing with like the exact same thing. And I'm just like, that's so sad, you know? And and I I think that even just in a, a year from 2019 to now, two years, so many people are, I mean, is that your experience? You guys know what I mean? Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. everyone yeah. is just like I'm out, like I'm out of the closet. <laughs> right. It's funny because, um, the spiritual coach I listen to, um, Christina Lopes, I talk about her a lot on this podcast. She talks about a lot that in 2019, end of 2019 and beginning of 2020s, when she felt a divine shift from masculine energy into feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And so I think it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Um, you explained this really well. Can you explain to our listeners what is the difference between div- um, masculine versus feminine energy? Because a lot of people think feminine energy means only women will have that, but that is not the truth. We all have both. Yeah, I can, I can definitely try to take a stab again, like surface level novice over here. The number one thing to know about masculine and feminine energy is that we need it in equal portions and everything in order for the universe to work in harmony and for us to all find equanimity. The other most important thing is that it has nothing to do with gender roles or how you identify from a gender perspective. It doesn't matter if you're like the manliest man out there, you still have feminine energy in you. And it's really important that you harness that in order to operate as a whole being that you know can can truly contribute and and in a way where you're not going to be out of balance too so you know in patriarchy for the past however many years we've all been suppressing that feminine energy in many ways and women too you know women weren't even taught about this we didn't even know that this was something like or actually I wouldn't say we you know I think we were shamed more than anything for feel like oh she's so sensitive or like oh my god she's so emotional or like mm-hmm. god you're crazy you're so inconsistent like you're always in a different mood and like we were shamed and we felt really bad about that so again we like forced ourselves into this like super masculine energy all the time so that we could fit the mold of what was deemed acceptable and and again we're all crumbling anyone who's doing that is is crumbling and so I, For me personally, like I went from a very masculine place in my life, like when I was at Ipsy and the 10 years before that, when I was just like in complete and utter grind mode, like I literally didn't do anything but work. And I thought that anyone who wasn't working 24 seven was like a loser. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was out of control. I was out of control and I was definitely operating in the masculine in such an unhealthy way. And so I think that that's why even now in this phase where I've taken like a semi-retirement, like just a year off, because like, that's how out of balance my, my energies were like my masculine had taken over to a point where my body like literally couldn't handle it anymore. And, and when I got out of it, my whole body just completely shut down. Like it was like this, this, um, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I was so used to going, going, going and not having any space between anything and I was really excited to leave the job because I was like, I'm just going to like nap and like I'm going to do yoga all the time and it's going to be so great. But like your, your mind doesn't just shut that off. So that was a real like rude awakening for me. Like that, t- it took me every bit of three months to be able to just like chill the fuck out. Like it was really, really crazy to see that. And now my body is like, oh, an overdrive with the feminine. Like I feel that deeply. Like, I mean, I am. I need to get back into balance because like, I'm so in my feminine now because it's just been, 
deprived. I've deprived it for so long. And so now like really harnessing that beautiful, gentle, yet really strong, you know, strong and like emotional and emotional in a way where it's like, yeah, like you should be emotional about that. And you should cry. Like the power of your tears is incredibly sacred and, and life-changing and never feel bad about that. And so it's just been this really amazing journey for me, like harnessing all of these different aspects and, and elements of the feminine. And that's my hope for, you know, everyone again, moving into the age of Aquarius, like it is a much more feminine, it's a much more gentle, um, energy overall. So hopefully that answers. (laughs) You really, really does. And I can 100% relate to everything you said. I was, I'm of considered a very sensitive person in my entire life. I've been told you're too sensitive and you grow thicker skin and you stop crying. You stop showing so much emotion. So I did that. And what happened was I became angry, right? I wasn't letting myself release that energy. So I became a very angry person and people, everything would trigger me. And I would just lash out at people. I would lash out my friends, lash out my family. And I just apologize later. Yeah. You no, know, and I thought that was okay, but that is not okay. And then I had my daughter, and she's same thing. You know, she is very, very sensitive from the day she was born. And I realized through watching her that that's not like I did not. I didn't want to dim her spirit. I didn't want to tell her you're too sensitive, a girl with thicker skin. I wanted yeah. her to understand how to navigate through her emotions and and how to release her emotions so she can recognize what you know wh- how you're supposed to feel in certain situations. Oh. So then I realized. I was treating myself incorrectly. Why was I then telling myself, no, I need a thicker skin. I can't cry just because I'm an adult. That's not true. And same thing with my husband. When I first met him, he never cried. He never um, said anything emotional. I was the first person he ever said, I love you to. He was just very, very detached from his emotions. And then he started exploring his emotional side. And now he cries openly. He says, I love you to everyone. And like I tell you, I'm always like, after he's talking on the phone, I'm like, who are you saying I love you to? <laughs> God, I love it. I, it, it's, it's so sad to me that I haven't met Sabo in person yet. Cause I kind of feel like he's like my like twin flame and, and like in the, and not any like love it. You know what I'm saying? No, like I, I will feel- love, I cannot <laughs> wait for the day to sit down. I will sit down and just watch you guys talk because he is so into the quantum physics right now of manifestation. Like he's like doing the science part. He's talking to like neuroscientists, talking to like mathematicians and he's fully bought in. And like, I was just like, I cannot wait for you to talk to Megan. Like this is going to be yeah, such an no, interesting I- conversation. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. He's just, but, but that's so beautiful though. Like what you said, and I love a couple of things like that. You not only recognize that in your daughter, which in turn allowed you to recognize it in yourself, but that you're raising her differently mm-hmm. as a result. You know, I think like when I, when I think about having a daughter, I want, or, or I say a daughter, but you know, who knows what, it, what it'll be. Um, I want them to feel everything. And I think this is kind of like something I try to practice in my life too. Like feel everything. You have the right to feel any feeling that you want to feel, but you don't have the right to spray those feelings on everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference, right? Is that like feel it all and heal it and go through it. Like that should be acceptable, but that doesn't mean that you can like also go out and just, you know, like be an awful person to someone too. So I think there's, there's like that balance in that line, yep. but the biggest difference being that like, it's completely okay to feel what you're feeling and to just challenge people or your kids or whatever to just, you know, to really get to the root of that, go back to the think, feel, do like, 
what was the thought that made you mad? How did that make you feel inside? And then what was the action or the tantrum that you threw as a result mm-hmm. of that, you know, like back to just awareness. So yeah. I think these are cool things we can teach our kids. Yeah. And I guarantee you, if you don't feel you'll spray on everyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Inadvertently you're spraying yeah, 100, like your anger. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like such a good point. Like you were spraying it everywhere I and mean, you didn't even know what it was or like yeah. where it came from. And you can only appropriately communicate that with that knowledge that you have of yourself and confidence that you feel and you trust yourself and say, I'm not feeling okay. And this is exactly how I feel. Like even when I'm talking to different coworkers or friends in different uh, work situations, um, a lot of the times, I think, especially as women um, and people who are in execution levels, not a strategy CEO leadership type of role. Whenever someone gives you some type of feedback, you immediately like have to fix it and you have to do better. And for just to kind of comment that in my first, uh, in my first job, I, I was my first male manager as well. And his comment to me was, you have to stop being emotional. And oh, I know, right? It's, it, but it, that, I mean, one, is that typical? Is it not typical? I'm not sure, you know, love to hear some comments. But now I, I mean, I see where he was kind of getting at where like, you know, don't, don't yell at people at meetings. I, it, but it wasn't communicated appropriately. Like, obviously, like now, I, I know how to play the political game. But at the same time, really hold space for other people that are, you know, shitting on me because we all know shit rolls downhill. If somebody up there is having a bad day, you're probably going to have a bad day, too. And that's just a reality. And to stop that, to stop that generational trauma, to stop that work trauma so that you are you're giving more light and you're being more positive without having to affect anybody else in a negative way because we're all light beings right we're all positive people happy people that want joy no one wants to be miserable (laughs) and to keep spreading that is yes I understand like it's so easy it's so easy to like you know give a negative review versus giving a positive review but in it just truly affects like my day-to-day and like my emotions and really being able to understand that and understand that journey so that I can communicate to others. And, and I hope that does change the team, right? Like you can be that start. You can be uh, any listener and everyone can be that start once we see that. Like notice how you change other people. And I think to me, that's probably one of the happiest things that I can see that when you start changing and having that light shine, other people shine too. Yeah, And I think that's really important. Absolutely. And what you're saying is essentially like just bringing humanity back to the workplace because it's been, it's just been lost and all of that. And yeah, that's what it it is sad too. like back to like the review process. I'm, I'm so adamantly against that. I understand why they have them in place, but it's just, it's just the best way to keep people in these really like sad boxes where you're not even, you're not being judged on who you are. You're being judged on like what you produce. And for you as the individual, you're like, you can't, it's hard for you to discern between that because all you know is that you just like work all the time. Exactly. So it's really hard to not take those things personally. And it's really sad too, that from a managerial standpoint, that like who you are as a person, like literally does not matter. Like they don't care. And that's a huge issue. If you can't come to work and be yourself, like, it's just, look, guys, I mean, there's a reason I, I couldn't, I don't think I could ever, well, I never say never, but at this juncture in my life, I don't think I could ever see myself going back into that atmosphere. Even if that means I have to go from making like a really good salary to being a yoga teacher and getting paid, like God knows what, like, you know what I mean? I don't care. Like I'm so 
out of that phase of my life and I saw the damage that it did to me and into the damage that it's doing to so many other people. And again, I'm so fortunate that I'm in a position where I was, you know, able to like leave. And I know that that's not the case for everybody, but that, that makes me feel all the more responsible to like do something with my privilege, you know, to like go out into the world. Like I have this opportunity to remove myself from this toxicity that I see so many of my sisters suffering through. So mm -hmm. I have a responsibility to go out there to clear my own shit to gain like as much wisdom and, and, and knowledge as I possibly can to then share that the same way that it came to me to pass it on to somebody else and to just one at a time, you know, yes. should be the lantern. Like mm -hmm. that's, what, that's all I can dream of doing for anybody is like, I don't want to fix your problems. I don't want to tell you what you need to do. I just want to hold the light for you so that you can find your own way. Yes. You know? And know that it's possible. I think for so long, we all sit in the dark <laughs> and we're trying to find the right light, trying to find that, that door, but just walking around really blind, hands out wide open, ready to accept, but you're running into walls. And sometimes it's so helpful when you have that extra arm and that's why I'm really grateful for influencers like you that have been so open and been that light for other people like we're just starting to really talk about it now um there's a lot of big celebrity voices talking about it but just having normal people say hey this is a normal thing but guess what it, it yeah. it's happening and and it doesn't have to continue and I think that that's where we stop we stop that ball and we can really change everything that's happening in the future generation right with like starting with the aunt's children and starting with our children <laughs> um and everyone that that can come through and you you're this is the rebirth like right the rebirth of humanity and who we are in this world and i don't think it's too late i i truly do i i truly think that we can we can start now yeah and absolutely and i think it's really important to to remember, like, as you say, you know, we're, we are all wandering out into the world so blindly right now, and we're constantly seeking for answers outside of ourselves. And sometimes that might, that was a really hard thing for me to understand in the beginning is that like, literally you are the truth that you seek. You have every answer that you will ever need inside of you. And you hear that in the spiritual community, but like, you don't get it until you get it. You know, and so I, I would just caution anyone who is starting to awaken to this, which is so beautiful, to look out for those people, to discern the people out there who are the lantern holders and the people who are like trying to tell you this is exactly what you need. Here's the 12 step system to like fix your life tomorrow for 50% off today. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and no, no smack, right? Like, I appreciate those people. Like, you have to make a business and, and do that. Like, make your money, honey, like for sure. But just don't get into the habit. Now I'm speaking out there to all these influencers, like don't get into the habit of trying to like fix people's problems. And I'm guilty of that, right? Cause like as a loving person, you, someone shares something with you and your reaction most often is like, Ooh, like I have really good advice for that, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I still have to work on that myself. That's part of this whole, um, you know, concept of active listening is that when you try to solve someone's problem for them, you rob them of the inherent wisdom that they have within them to solve the problem on their own. And that is the worst thing you could ever do to somebody because everybody has the answers within them. So what you wanna look for is people who are like opening your eyes to new concepts and ideas and maybe normalizing things that like you thought were the worst, darkest parts about you. Those are the people you wanna like, you know, the people who are like the expanders, you know, not the ones who make you feel like you have to be a certain type of way in order to like reach enlightenment so true that was so beautifully said that is so true 
I had a really long shower meditation before I got on this call. I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling my like, God, my, my hair is soaked. <laughs> yes. No, we're feeling it. We're definitely feeling it. I mean, I can feel your vibes like through the screen. Like I, like I said before you, you joined, I'm, you're such a beautiful, beautiful person inside out. Like your soul mm. is just so, oh, it's just so warm and just so bright. And, and that in itself, um, I've seen you grow and I've, I hear you growing and it's just incredible how you're spreading that. And we're so grateful to have you share that with our listeners, which who I'm sure will also hear and feel that light through this episode. So we're very excited to have you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like every time I talk to you, I learn so much. There's so much, you have so many good insights that really like feeds my soul, literally feeds my soul. Um, and it's really funny because for some reason now, every time I think of you, I think of a moon goddess. And that's oh. why I like, go Christmas whenever I was looking, I was like, I, every time I see a moon, I'm like, oh, this will be perfect for Megan. Oh my gosh. You have no idea. I have that. Um, Yan made me the most beautiful dream catcher that I, I actually move it from room to room with me because like, I don't like to be without it. It's like one of the <laughs> most special, the two of you like are first of all, like the most generous people ever and you give like the most amazing meaningful gifts like Yvonne gave me this beautiful from light necklace which is like the first time I ever saw my brand printed on anything and like gave me so much life and then you giving me that dream catcher catcher that I like charge in the light of the full moon um it's just so like for everything that you guys say about like you know thank you for what you what you feel I bring into your lives but the right back at both of you you know I like I'm so grateful for this sisterhood and especially as I'm navigating my whole spiritual awakening it's really hard to find people to connect with. Like I have personally felt like I had to like really go super inward and I've even gone to places of like complete isolation. Like, and I'm actually, I'm still navigating that right now where like I will go for like weeks where I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like, I just don't, I don't want to, I'm not interested in what, like, it's not even in a mean way. It's just like, I think it's about that going inward thing. It's yeah. like, I have had to like be something for something for so long. And I've had to, I've always been looking outside of me for answers. And yeah. So with that, you know, there's a lot of friends that I didn't mean to, and, and maybe I'll rekindle friendships. Like some of my really close friends, like I just don't talk to them anymore. Cause I'm like, I just feel like I'm like outgrowing, not them. I'm just on a completely different, like vibration, different, not better, different. Right. I say all that to say that, like, you know, having friends like you guys who just were all on such different parts of our journeys, but like the soul connection is so real. Like, it's just so real. And friends like you guys are just like super hard to come by. And, um, like I said, like, I know it'll be a lifetime situation and I hope everyone that's listening to you both is is feeling your souls and feeling your energy and your love and you know I hope they feel like they know you and are as lucky to have you as I am I know we're so lucky to have you and I can't wait for us to get together again it's I feel like it's never going to end but I just can't wait I know one day when we get to you know vacation somewhere together or go on a journey together it's gonna be amazing and I very much look forward to that day Oh, I let's I we have to go to a national park together I swear I actually have it on my vision board I literally have your names both of your names written down that like in other people's names because I have this whole like I found like I said it's so hard to find people right now who could like relate to any bit of the journey that I've been on and that we were all on mm-hmm. but you two, and then there's like some other you know rogue people that like none of you know each other except for mm-hmm. you two 
And I just have this vision of like all of us coming together at a national state park, like let's bring the psilocybin, let's bring, you know, (laughs) let's get into it. And actually, like if you guys ever have an episode about psilocybin or sorry if I missed it, like I have had some of the most insane experiences, like thanks to Yan. Yes, you have. We we need to have a separate episode on this. We definitely need to. I'm like, I'm sitting next to the journal that I wrote, like as I... like literally my spirit guides channeled three pages of a journal entry like just coming through me it was so crazy when I read it back the next day I was just like oh my god so yeah that'll have to be for part two but (laughs) you know I just I think I would love to do that, that episode with you and Sable both of you as guests that would be amazing Oh my God. In the national park, right? (laughs) Yeah. It'll be live. Live. That's a good idea. I like that. I like that very much. (laughs) Live, but we're all psilocybin. (laughs) Oh my God. We'll be safe. We'll be safe. (laughs) Let's all put it on our vision boards for 2020. Yes. We'll manifest it. Absolutely. And thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Megan. Of the time. <laughs> and we really appreciate everything that you've shared here today. And we can't wait to have you on again. Oh, I love you guys so much. Congrats on all of the amazing work you guys have both done. And um, I haven't been able to listen to every single episode, but it's it was fun to, to kind of go back and, and just watch how you guys have grown. I'm so proud of you. And oh, you. Yeah, we have grown. Congratulations, Yvonne. <laughs> I know, right? One year. I, One I mean, year. It's been such an incredible journey and we, and we spoke about that during um, our last episode and just our growth. Um, and we're, I'm just so grateful for you guys and grateful for everyone that I have in my life. And even though we're all virtually distancing, I feel closer to some people than ever before. So I'm very, very grateful yeah. for that. Seriously, seriously. Well, I'd love to come back anytime. Um, you guys keep up the amazing work and thanks for having me. Thanks, Megan. Oh, actually, before I let you go, tell our audience where they can find you. Okay, so just recently, um, I, you know, I've had this brand in my in my soul for a while, and I'm just starting to kind of interact with it and engage with it. It's called From Light, so F R O M L I T E, on mainly TikTok right now, and also on Instagram. And I'm just really starting to post a lot more just about my journey. Um, rather than trying to wait for me to be some amazing finished product, which I will never be, I just decided, you know what, I just want to start sharing things as I learn them. I, I read so much and I'm so into all of this stuff. And I'm like, I just want to start sharing these little nuggets of wisdom. So if you're looking for anything um, related to just like spiritual modalities or general ways to just feel better, come check me out and let's hang. Yeah. And the best part is the journey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. And we'll link um, your information in our show notes as well. So thanks so much, Megan. Thanks, guys. Love you. Love Love you. you. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We really appreciate your support for our little podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it will mean the world to us if you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. This will help more people discover our podcast. You can find Lost and Refound podcast on Instagram at lost.and.refound. If you want to email us, you can do so at lostandrefoundpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I hope you stay positive and creative. Bye.